Welcome to In the Pines, a monthly podcast covering the mysterious, weird, and sometimes unbelievable stories that happen in the place where people love to find solace, the great outdoors. My name is Pox Holiday. And I am Nikki. And welcome, friends. <laughs> welcome. Um, by the way, mm. so before we even start into anything else, uh, as you know, I am completely and utterly obsessed with the new NASA stuff that's coming out. And I think we need to oh. just take a moment to absolutely um, admire, be terrified of, listen to oh. what a black hole sounds like. If you would insert sound here, sir, if you can. <laughs> insert the sound of 10,000 screaming wraiths. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I am legit obsessed with that video that has been on Twitter popping up. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched it at this point. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like, did you get? Do you see that one that I put up about Saturn? No. What was it? It it's just it's the sounds that the uh, uh, it was something. It was it was some it was it was similar technology to what they used to make the sounds of the of, of the black hole. Uh huh. But it was like with the rings of Saturn. It was like what the rings of Saturn sound Ooh, like. No. And maybe I did. It, it's it's just like a it's just like a. It, it, it's like a radio squelch scream kind of thing, but it's it's not nearly as impressive as the black hole. Nice. <laughs> that thing is that, that that's demonic. Yeah. No, I love it though. It's like terrifying as hell. But man, I'm just like, mm -hmm. oh my god. <laughs> like one of my like good friends, well, she's one of my best friends. I sent it to her, and I was like, this is amazing and mesmerizing, but terrifying. And she all she sent back was, oh my god, I'm terrified. And I was like, yes. <laughs> So. I remember in uh, college, uh, uh, our professor in astronomy, he took like 10 minutes to explain like what if you could get close enough to see someone going through a black hole. Yeah. Like, you know, without you yourself being pulled into it. Yeah. What it would look like. Oh. And it would look like that person was falling into the black hole mm -hmm. forever. But they would stay like the same size, but they would forever be falling into it. But we don't really know what's on the other side. It was, it, it, but like we kept having to have them explain, like, what we, what do you mean by like, like, do they elongate? Like, what do you mean? It was just like, like, no, like it looks like he's falling in and just doesn't move. It just like, yeah, like it just like it, 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 it he, you are moving, uh -huh. but it's imperceivable to the naked eye. Like it, it takes eons yeah. to, to fall. But yeah, but yeah, but in reality, it takes that long to fall. I'm just, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like, I've always been a bit of like a space nerd, like, it terrifies me because it's like, oh, my God, that's so crazy to think that there's all these billions upon billions of stars and, like, we don't even have a clue hardly about anything and, like, mm -hmm. all that. But then, like, there's something about black holes. I'm like, our sun can turn into a black hole any minute and we just don't even realize it's getting ready to happen. And, oh, my God, we'd all be sucked in and it'd just be crazy. But then what happens? And it's just I'm not a, I always I'm not a conspiracy always, nut, but that makes me go. That makes me sound like a conspiracy nut, but I'm not one, <laughs> if that makes sense. I always just think, like, what if we had one instant without gravity? Just like, just like, like, like something just, re yeah, yeah, like something just reset, yeah, you know, like, 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 you know, like, well, the, the, the polarity switch, and we didn't realize that, like, you know, kind of 
all, something, you know, it's just a little small little blip. Yeah. Like just imagine how many people would just get concussions immediately. Like, oh, God. Ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, shit. <laughs> like, well, oh, so that's what the rapture was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Oops. one second without gravity. Oopsies. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm I'm obsessed. And as you know, we didn't get to go to the star party the other night, which, dear listener, it's not a cult, I promise. A star party is when, um, I guess you'd say amateur astronomers, like, set up their telescopes so you can look at the night sky in, like, a dark, quote-unquote, dark sky area. And we have mm-hmm. a state park that's local that is considered a national dark sky area. Um, and we were oh. supposed to go to it, but we did not because we were exhausted from staining the deck in the porch. <laughs> so... Oh, I figured it was weather related. Well, it, there was a little cloud cover, but no, it was just by the time we finished, we were through back out and um, I am sunburnt to hell. So <laughs> hence why I'm in a sweatshirt in the middle of or the very beginning of September. It's not because it's cold it's because I'm sunburnt. On Saturday was the Taylor Hawkins Foo Fighters <sighs> uh, Remembrance so concert. sad I didn't get to watch it. And I, uh, one of my good friends, I, I texted him, I said, hey, you know, if you're, because it was raining here, perfect opportunity to just, you know, sit inside and watch this and, you know, yeah. dry your eyes out. And, um, and so we, uh, I, I text my friends, hey, if you're rained in, I mean, he only lives, you know, not too mm-hmm. long, far away. And I said, if you're rained in like we are, um, you should check this out. Because at that point in time, it was just like the first couple of people had come out and perform. I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it turns out they, they performed 50 songs yesterday. I knew it was a lot, but I didn't know how many. Yeah, it was, it was exactly, I went to the, their, the, the setlist.fm and yeah, yeah. it's 50. But, um, but he said, uh, no, he said, uh, perfect skies here. He said, we're taking advantage of it. And, uh, he said, be sure to watch the, uh, Oh, what do you say? He said, uh, he said, be, be sure to watch the NASA ro- rocket launch. Oh, and my, my first, my first thought was asshole. I just told you it was raining here. And then I was like, Oh yeah. wait, you mean on TV? Wait, okay. so did they actually launch it? Did they get it launched on Saturday? <laughs> no, 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 oh. no. He, he told me that. And then as soon as I searched it, it said it was scrubbed 30 minutes. Dang ago. it. So, yeah. Bummer. Well, that's enough about mm-hmm. space and weirdness and black holes, but yeah, if you haven't watched that black hole sound bite video, whatever you should because it's so cool. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I mean, I, I would for those. I mean, people at this point in time they've seen the title of this episode. Yeah, yes. And, <laughs> and and for and for you to say it's the end of black holes and weirdness like that i don't believe uh, well okay it's the end of actual like space talk how about that <laughs> i still don't believe okay it. maybe not but still oh lord <laughs> all right so i'm gonna tell you <laughs> man <laughs> this is tough so i i text this to yes. you the other day and, and it's so true the same way the same way that you felt nervous talking to puss and i about the appalachian trail that's how i feel talking telling you about west virginia <laughs> listen don't get nervous because i'm here to help friend <laughs> well I, i'm just gonna go over quickly because uh honestly digging into the history of point pleasant and and mason county um is a is a mm-hmm. minefield if you're trying to not find out about the Mothman, oh, yeah, <laughs> or some other crazy thing that happened. Um, so it's I, I literally wrote down it's 
tap dancing across a goddamn minefield. <laughs> so I'll just give um so in other words, this is gonna be adjust the facts because I have a feeling there's going to be a whole lot more of the facts filled <laughs> in as we go. So Mason County, West Virginia, very far western part of West Virginia, southwestern. It has the distinction of having been three counties at different times. Two times it was uh, counties mm-hmm. in Virginia. And then finally, whenever West Virginia was made a state, it was made a county then. Good job. You're starting off good. You're starting off good. I'm Woo. proud. <laughs> All right. Here's where it gets fun. Point Pleasant, West Virginia is known as the place where history and rivers meet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Sounds peaceful, doesn't it? It's located where the Kanawha River eh, flows into the Ohio River. Hold on. I want to applaud you on the proper pronunciation of Kanawha. I might have said Kanawha. Well, you said it close enough for somebody that's not from West Virginia, because usually people will say Kanawha, Kanawha, something like that. So... I really feel like Kanawha. Kanawha. Um, if, if you're, I, could, I, I know, but what I'm saying is, I think where that can, that Kanawha was either a camp or a, uh, you know how Boy Scouts are broken up into like councils. Yeah, yeah. I think Kanawha was a council somewhere around me, yeah. or something like yeah. that. But so it's Kanawha. Well, I mean, if you're you're little Miss Hick like oh, me, so, little Miss, you know, whatever with right. my accent, it you kind of lose yeah. the W, and that's where it just turns yeah. into Kanawha. Yeah. But, so I'm going to say the word creek and not crick. So if that's okay, um, well. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say beef and not biff. As well. <laughs> there we go. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> in 1774, Lord Dunmore's War broke out between the colony of Virginia and the Shawnee and Mingo American Indian nations. <laughs> oh, man, this guy. Oh, Lord Dunmore. <clears throat> um, so, Lord Dunmore, man, he's one of my favorite people in history so far that I've read in, in a while. So, now that's one I've never heard of. Uh, Somebody enjoying him. <laughs> It's Schadenfreude. I mean, it's 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 not an actual like. Oh, this is my hero. This was yeah. I know. <laughs> so okay. So uh, so 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 tensions are hot, are hot. There's been some treaties made. There's been some promises made by white people that somehow weren't kept. Oh, shocker! It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> so so tensions are rising, and so there was. More encroachment by the uh, by the American Indian nations. John Murray, the fourth Earl of Dunmore, Lord Dunmore, he asked the House of Burgess to declare a state of war with the Indian nations and to call out the militia. Mm-hmm. So as a reminder to everybody, this obviously is Lord Dunmore. So this is still in a time when we were under British rule. <laughs> Just yeah. you have to you have to remember this as we get further into Lord Dunmore. So basically, um, everything continues to keep escalating and escalating, and, and it all kind of comes to a head at the Battle of Point Pleasant. And again, this is still in Virginia, mind you, uh, not West Virginia yet. And so, so the Battle of Point Pleasant it just winds up being a bloodbath. It, it winds up not mm-hmm. being it, it's it's not as bad. I mean, it's it's still bad for the settlers. They still, but mm. but it's but they just, they just literally could outgun them. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, the wind's up. Uh, let's see. Oh, also, I forgot to mention Colonel John Field, an ancestor of George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush, was killed in the battle. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes, I knew one thing. Yeah. <laughs> that right, I, I got didn't. one thing. <laughs> so, anyway, um, there was a treaty made up after this where it pretty much sounds to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that the settlers had up to the east bank of the Ohio River, and mm-hmm. they pretty much said, like, y'all can have the other side. Yeah. We'll be there later, but you can have the other side. Because yes. it was all about hunting rights. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things. And, and I also read there was another small there – was, there was literally like a guy who owned a general store – Mm-hmm. who started several small battles himself with just like a few dozen guys. Uh-huh. And their whole goal was just to go get land. And so they weren't doing anything legally. They were just pretty much just like posseing up and going out and taking yeah. and, and killing people, killing Native Americans and – taking their land and expanding into Kentucky, expanding into, so, so they were kind of provoking things. And that's one mm-hmm. of the things that, that I didn't see written about in many other places, but they, this guy, it was just some dude. And of course, like there's like a couple of the guys who wound up being like in the Confederate army as well. Whenever mm-hmm. everything, everything kind of breaks out. But anyway, so the, here's, here's where we go back to Lord Dunmore. So he's noted for his 1775 document, Dunmore's Proclamation. Oh, God. So this, so again, like I said, remember, this was Lord Dunmore's British. So, so okay, so as they're coming back from the Battle of Point Pleasant, 1776 ain't too far away, baby. Nope. So all this unrest starts happening up around New York, Boston area. And his men are basically told like, hey... Let's head on up north. And so it's like they, they don't even get like a chance to rest. Like they're literally on their way back and told like head north. So in Dunmore's proclamation, he offered freedom to any enslaved person who fought for the crown against the Patriots in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> so he offered he offered enslaved people a chance to be slaves in in, in war. God, people are so stupid. Dunmore. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, let me rephrase that. God, rich white men are so stupid. I wonder how many people were like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and gone. Like, just gone. <laughs> Basically, you know, the Revolutionary War kind of happens. And uh, so around 1776, 1777, they build a fort because the pretty much once while the Revolutionary War was going on and all these dudes were gone, the native uh, nations moved back into the area, started moving back in. So even though they had signed this treaty of Camp Charlotte, keep the conflict, you know, low and to designate where, who could hunt, where everything starts, you know, they start to come, they, they start to encroach. So there was a, there was a famous chief named Cornstalk. Yeah. Yeah. But Cornstalk had fought in, in the battle of Point Pleasant, but he was, he was apparently he had, he had called some people to retreat back before everybody was lost. So he was one of the people who signed this treaty and all that kind of stuff. They regarded him as a formidable opponent, not only just because he was a great warrior, but he was also pretty smart. In November of 1777, trouble was started brewing again. So Cornstalk and his people said, OK, hold on. We need to negotiate a peace treaty. Well, as soon as he walked up to the door, boom, 
This is at Fort Randolph. I meant to say that. They built Fort Randolph as a barrier for retaliation from the different nations. So anyway, so Cornstalker, you know, comes up like, hey, let's, 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 let's bang out a treaty. He's pulled inside and arrested. I believe like the next day or so, his son steps up and is like, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Boom, he gets brought inside along with two other guys. So there's a total of four guys are brought inside. Cornstalk, his son, and, and two other members of the Shawnee are in there. And so on November 8th, the settlers decided, oh, it's time to kill all four of them. So they brought them out. And right before they did, Cornstalk apparently called uh-huh. on the Great Spirit to curse the land for 200 years in retaliation for the wrongful death of his son and their friend. Point Pleasant is Mason County's county seat. The community was incorporated as a town in 1833. Today, Mason County is home to several chemical plants. It was home to a now a closed tire factory. And according to the EPA, it has the cleanest drinking water in the United States. Debatable. <laughs> I was kidding. about to I'm say, I really I doubt that. <laughs> okay, so this is one you're going to have to explain to me. Okay. Because I saw this in a couple of different places and I was like, it can't be true. The Battle of Point Pleasant is honored as the first engagement of the American Revolution during Battle Days, an annual festival in modern Point Pleasant, now a city in West Virginia. Oh, I didn't realize they have a Battle Days. Oh, yeah. I bet it's very (laughs) (laughs) open-minded. I'm sure it totally is. But I need need to understand how it was the first engagement in the Revolutionary War. Okay. So Lord Dunmore's War. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Okay. So I believe it's all tied in with that, with, you know, all that that happened. And it was already those two time or war periods, I guess you would say, were kind of crossing on each other. I'm not going to lie. This stretch of history is very fuzzy for me because, as I told you, I really concentrated under on like Civil War history up through like the mine wars history here in West Virginia. So pre-Civil War history is really fuzzy. But I believe it's because Dunmore's War and the Revolutionary War kind of like crossed time periods almost. Maybe because they were already kind of engaged. Yeah, since that was already kind of engaged over there and going, maybe that's why they consider it that. I'm not 100% positive though. (laughs) So (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just just found because I was like, well, they weren't. They they were fighting against native nations. They were, but Dunmore was not was also doing like white people the retaliatory stuff against like um malicious. True. So true, true. So true, maybe yeah. that's how. Oh, not positive, yeah. but maybe, maybe they were. Yeah, like I said, they're already moving. Ah, who the hell knows? But that 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 one to me is a interesting. One. Yeah, but yeah, battle days. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's my little intro, <laughs> and, and and it's going to, and between you and me, it's going to be heavily edited. Here's another here's another fun fact for you. So Cornstalk was actually in this area where I live, also. Oh. He had, I guess you would call it a settlement or settlements. Like the tribe moved throughout the state, but like I think this portion of the state was like a major spot for him, a major hunting ground for him, and of course over towards Point Pleasant too. And also in this part of the state, we have a pretty decent valley that runs through here. With, and so we had like a lot of Native American activity, like when white people first came over here. So good job. I'm proud of you, Fran. Well, thank you. I, I tried, but it's just so, <laughs> like, like I said, like I, I would I would go two sentences in and you're just like, well, here, here here's the main the main attraction. Well, and that's one thing that I have learned is you people 
love Mothman. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was trying to explain to my wife what the equivalent is for our state, and I'm like, I, the only thing I can, the only thing I can guess is like, it's like, it's like if our own state had its own Bigfoot. Yeah, there you go. Like, because we don't mean like we, you and I saw that 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 list of places. Mm-hmm. Like, I had like a froggy or somebody like that. Yeah. I forgot what the guy's name was, but. There's anyway, I don't know. No, man. Uh, Mothman is I our hero. I have no way to equate, equate what you guys have. <laughs> well, it's it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things that we've said, hey, let's just take it and run with it or something. It's that and pepperoni rolls. Yep. That's West Virginia in a nutshell. Pepperoni rolls? Pepperoni rolls? <laughs> yes. Do you know what a pepperoni roll is? I, you know, I, I, I guess. <gasps> All right. I'm going to figure out a way to ship pepperoni rolls to you. In like an icebox because they are God's gift to man. They are so freaking good. So good. And the best ones you can get around here are from Little General Gas Stations. I swear to God. <laughs> Why is it a West Virginia thing? Right. So here's a little history back lesson for you. Um, pepperoni rolls were first started by. So we are a state of immigrants, like for real state of immigrants because of the coal mining industry. Okay. So a lot yeah. of. The immigrants that we had to come in, besides the Irish, Scottish, Scotch-Irish, whatever you want to call it, um, Mm. we had a lot of Italian immigrants in this state. And so, what they would take for lunch, like, you know, typical, like, white miners would take, like, biscuits and sorghum or something along those lines. Super simple, easy to keep in a pail, not going to go bad Mm. on you. Um, A lot of Italian miners would they would bring what's called pepperoni rolls. And all it is, it's like a yeast dough with, it depends on where you on this are in the state for this, but it's either stick pepperoni is shoved in it or slices of pepperoni down here in Southeastern part of the state. It is sliced pepperoni. You go up to the Northern part of the state around like Martinsburg, um, Mon County, all that it's stick pepperoni in it, but, and then you, wow. you can put cheese in it, mozzarella cheese and you bake it. And it's literally like a roll and it just has pepperoni and cheese in it. No sauce. Mm. Oh my God. Best thing ever. <laughs> they are so good. It's just, I mean, literally it's like the state food and it's just, it's perfection. Do you guys have your own barbecue? No. See, this is, I guess you would say this mm. is our version of barbecue. Now we have some good, I was wondering, we have some good restaurants, but in the one that I used to work at, um, it was we they did Carolina style barbecue, so mm-hmm. it was damn good. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I just I just I, I always just wonder, no. if, you know, because there's such so many random places have barbecue. I would imagine yeah. West Virginia has something. Some <laughs> well, and that's the glory of West Virginia, really, isn't it? Because are we a southern state? Are we a northern state? Are we an in between state? What are we? Are we East Coast? Are we? My wife and I were saying that. I, it's the like, truth, though. And please, you are free to keep this in because that's the great, and, the great juxtaposition of West Virginia. It's well, what the fuck are y'all? You know, like honestly, like North Carolina. You all will identify solely in North Carolina as what a Southern state, right? Like you're considered right. a Southern state. Yeah. Yeah, we're saying, yeah. luckily, we're, we're not, like, Virginia would be that, you know. I've heard people the, try to at, consider at very, Maryland a southern state. I'm like, what the fuck crack are you smoking? No. That is a northern have, state. It's north of the Mason-Dixon line. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. We have a thing called the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's the great, like I said, juxtaposition of West Virginia because, hey, yeah, we were a part of Virginia. And then during the Civil War, we seceded. 
And that's a whole different, like, why did we become a state? Because, oh, God, <laughs> you can go down a rabbit hole with that. Long and short of it, <laughs> yes, we seceded from Virginia because Virginia wanted to secede from the Union. No, we didn't want slavery. But then if you go down to where I am in the state, we had people that owned slaves. I mean, it wasn't no secret. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's a whole different ball field. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so I consider West Virginia as just Appalachian as opposed to Northern state or Southern state, because we, right. we've got, it, you go up to Morgantown and it's a whole different world than it is down here in Southern West Virginia. You know, I mean, you don't have um, the thick accents and all that. I, I do. I do want to go ahead and say that I, I did just look up Maryland and Pennsylvania are the Mason Dixon line, but the Mason Dixon line runs on West Virginia. That's Mason Dixon line. Also called. Um, is a demarcation line separating four States forming parts of the borders of Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, and West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause Fairfax is here. Okay. I guess, I guess I'm thinking I'm thinking of where it is on the Appalachian Trail. Ah, gotcha. D- which refresh my brain, does the AT run through Maryland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. so. Like like fifty miles. How do, how does Maryland get more miles of the Appalachian Trail than we do in West Virginia? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't even get ten. <laughs> uh, no, I mean Harper's Ferry, and that's it. Like that little stretch. Although technically, double digits. Yeah, well, technically, it does run on the state line between West Virginia and Virginia down here in the southern part. Yeah. So yeah, I, I count that. Yeah. What is that called? It's literally like an hour from my house, and I've been up to it. Oh, Sugar Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Sugar Camp. Anyways. So, yes, that's the great mystery of West Virginia. Are we Southern? Are we Northern? No, we're Appalachian. So, da da da. <laughs> yeah, or we just I, don't I know just what think of, we are. I just think of y'all as being on that side. Yeah. Well, we I were think just, that's what that's what makes it look not at it feel this way. We were on the right side of history when it came to the fucking Civil War, at least. So, <laughs> technically. All right. So I'm I'm ready when you are. All right. Listen. I'm ready. All right. Buckle up. Got my seatbelt on. Buckle up, bitchachos. We're going to go for a wild ride. (laughs) If you couldn't tell, I am so excited and pleased to bring you the story of the one and only Mothman for your enjoyment. Like, yes, I have been. I'm ready. I've been gunning for this since we started this fucking podcast. So (laughs) picture this, if you will, please, Pox. You're a grave digger in the late 1960s in West Virginia. I mean, shitty job, I know, but still. It's late in the evening. (laughs) And you're finishing up work on a new grave. Uh, You look up and you see something strange soaring over your head. It's moving from tree to tree, but you can't quite tell what it is. But you do know it is not normal at all. (laughs) So... This is exactly what happened on November 12th, 1966, in a cemetery in Clendenin, West Virginia, which is just to the south of our wonderful city of Point Pleasant. The workers who saw this being, or creature, described it as a brown human, yeah, a brown human being-like figure, and stood by their claims that it was definitely not bird-like at all. And the sighting by the grave diggers 
would turn out to be the first reported sighting of the one, the only, our Lord and Savior, Mothman. May we all pledge allegiance. <laughs> what, what year again? 1966. 1966, okay. This creature has been sighted in many places across West Virginia and even surrounding states. But the largest number of sightings that happen near the old were near the old West Virginia Ordinance Works, also known as the TNT area. <laughs> West Virginia Ordinance Works is an abandoned munitions area to the north of Point Pleasant that dates back to World War II. And the facility manufactured ammunition and dynamite for the U.S. military during the Second World War. The TNT area itself is now do- dotted with numerous grassy clearings and thick concrete domes. These are called igloos, um, and these igloos were used to store barrels of gunpowder. Pa- gun um, the area is also riddled with a bunch of abandoned tunnels, which most of those have either been sealed off where they've collapsed or they've become flooded with water through the years. The TNT area is located in a mostly forest- forested section of land now home to a wildlife san- sanctuary, the McClintic Wildlife Management Area. So... You still with me, pal? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, uh, well, I mean, I'm just trying to pick my spots and, and I'm just, I, yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out. The next sighting that was recorded, and it's the most well-known one, if we're being honest, happened on the night of November 15th, 1966. So what, three nights later and around midnight, two young couples Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette were driving in Roger's black 57 Chevy Bel Air, which can we just say, I would love to own a 57 Chevy Bel Air. Those are like the most gorgeous cars. Anyways. Yeah. I think my, I think my mom's (laughs) family had one, but I remember whatever, like, whatever, like the year is like 56 or 57, they had like. A 55, oh. like right, like the year before they got like the, fins the big cool or whatever. Fins. Like oh, God, I love those things. Yeah, it was like they had the year before or something like that. Cause I remember being like, oh, cool. My mommy, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in Roger's Chevy Bel Air when Linda noticed that she like looked out the window and she saw two large glowing red eyes in the darkness just beyond the north power plant. And she, of course, screamed like a little ninny. Um, that was rude. Sorry. <laughs> so then Rogers stalled in the road for a minute. So he just stopped and he's like, what the fuck's going on y'all? Um, and he looked also and saw, it and they were kind of like trying to check out this, you know, strange creature they're looking at. Just like in the woods. Yeah. It was kind of like, well, I mean, no, not in the woods. Cause it was like right at the power plant. So I guess it was just kind of oh, okay. like lurking around or something. Um, but the couples later described as having like two large glowing red eyes. It stood about seven feet tall and it looked like it had wings that were kind of like folded behind its back. I love that. I'm like doing the motions of wings behind its back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but they quickly realized that this was not uh, like any kind of ordinary bird. Obviously <laughs> this wasn't your normal seven foot tall. No, guy. You know, cause like, I'm pretty sure that we don't have seven foot tall birds, but what ifs, homie? All right. So a little bit more about what, Wathman? Mothman reportedly looks like. And this is based on like not only these four, their, you know, description, but like other people who have apparently seen him. 
Um, so Mothman is described as a bipedal winged humanoid. Um, despite his name, which was given to him by newspapers, he apparently in no way looks like a moth. Bummer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come on, slave. Listen. Fight with me. <laughs> it was Dunmore. Dunmore named a moth man. I promise you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he doesn't look like a moth, though. Yeah, yeah. You call him moth, moth man. I don't know. Jesus. Yeah. This goddamn state. <laughs> Uh, and he has an appearance more like that of a large humanoid owl um his coloration Mm. varies from black to gray possibly even brown although it's usually the darker shades it says um he's Mm. often reported to be seven feet tall like i said and is supposedly has a wingspan of 10 to 15 feet or more plus the ability to fly over 100 miles per hour um sometimes he is described as not having a head with the two huge red eyes set in his chest area instead um so these eyes are reported to be glowing or at least reflective and the details of his face and his feet have never been adequately described um however one witness who saw the face clearly they said can only say the details were horrible and monstrous. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, I just, I just report what I read. <laughs> no, no, no. It, this is great. It's great. I mean, just like I, I'm like, I'm like the eyes and the chest. Yeah. Okay. All I right, mean, right. well, if you think about an yeah, owl, yeah. like think of like a no, cartoon yeah. version of an owl. It looks like they're kind of like this. I mean, again, I'm yeah. doing like just I'm doing this for you. I wish yeah. everybody else could see this, but like this. So it would look like their eyes were like, I don't know, chest sight. All right. So apparently good old Mothman can fold his wings and walks with a weird shuffle that many witnesses compare to a penguin. <laughs> I just want to know, does Mothman know how to do the Cuban shuffle? Or maybe it's more of a crip walk. Um, I'm not sure which. I hope it's the Cuban shuffle. Yeah. So all I can imagine is not only like this, like an owl, but then he's like, (laughs) just like, well, man, I I tell you, like, so back during, uh, back during like the beginning of quarantine, Mm -hmm. like back when, you know, the 15 days to kill the spread or whatever. Uh Um, I remember walking up or like i had all these baby owls in our and 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 like i spent a lot of time just like outside because it was like well i'm just gonna go outside my yard and but these things did not like me at all and when they first started being able to get out of the nest and kind of fly when they were like in fledgling state yeah 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 at at one point in time i I I, I, i put a light on one and they were gray little, you know, like nubs. Yeah. They look like they're almost more like swans. I mean, they were just like little things, mm-hmm. and well, not swans, but 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 this one just, it just like it's it its neck mm-hmm. was like a tooth, the thickness of a toothbrush, but its head was just like wobbling up here, yeah. and I was just like, what the fuck is that in a tree? Oh, okay, because it. it 
Because it was like, you know, it looked like it was about maybe 10 inches tall. And then all of a sudden it was like two and a half feet mm-hmm. tall. I want you to remember and that for later, by the way. <laughs> so so that's so when you're saying that, I'm like, I'm envisioning these birds that were like and then and then, oh, when they got older, mm-hmm. they started dive bombing me. Oh, and the dogs. no. Oh, no. They were not oh, happy with no. us. And it was just like. I lived here first, bro. But anyway, <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm ready. I'm armed. Oh, boy. Well, remember that about owls for here later on, okay? All right. So when Mothman flies, he doesn't just, like, swoop off, okay? He unfolds his wings and he shoots straight up with great speed. Just kind of like, full oh. rocket launch. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, then he levels out to go wherever the he rocketeer. wants to go. Oh, my God, yes. Can I bet... Probably people don't have a clue what we're talking about when we say the Rocketeer. I had not thought about the Rocketeer until yeah, <laughs> probably a decade. Somewhere. I think it. I, I wonder it, if it's streaming on Disney Plus. Probably I have to look. Anyways, yeah, kind of like the Rocketeer. There you go. Or mm-hmm. for a more modern approach, Tony Stark as Iron Man. There you go, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it just goes straight up like a helicopter. Apparently, um, he is rarely observed flap. Rarely observed flapping his wings, except for takeoff. Um, and witnesses often describe his flight pattern as straight up like a helicopter. Um, he can fly much faster than any bird should be able to fly, as measured by those victims who suffered from what seems to be Mothman's favorite activity, chasing cars. Um, which, isn't that a song or something? Like, that was on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you got a fast car. Oh, even better, Tracy Chapman. Yeah, sure. There we go. Yes, you got a fast car. Okay, I'm gonna get copyright. I'm gonna get copyright struck. (laughs) Oh yeah, from my horrible singing. Right off Spotify. From my horrible singing. (laughs) All right. What Mothman likes to do? He likes to fly in front of these cars, and he even sometimes likes to hit the roof with his little like clawed feet and go like tip tap tip tap patter patter patter. Um, and apparently anyone who gets close enough to look at the Mothman and looks into his eyes, they always seem to suffer from extreme fear and psycholo- psychological distress, sometimes lasting for months or years afterwards. Um, in particular, people say that a sense of pure evil overcomes them when they see Mothman's eyes. Wow. So, so there's something about the the... the- I, I, that's a, that's something that maybe we'll just have to pay attention to throughout the throughout the the, the episodes because there was this place in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I can't. I feel like we talked about this before. Okay, there was um, right before you go over to Wrightsville Beach. It is literally just a just a, a bridge over, like you know, like a very short bridge. Oh yeah, right right where that bridge goes from from Wilmington over to Wrightsville. Supposedly, there, there's this huge house that has this huge yard. It's not like a beach house; it's like a like a brick house up on this big hill. I believe supposedly the story was it belonged to Andy Griffith. Oh, okay. And so, in front of that house, there is a dog leg right hand turn. Mm-hmm. Just boom, just a real short right hand turn. And in that turn, there is this tree that has a distinct limb. That just goes straight across the road. Oh, like it kind of juts mm-hmm. out and just just goes straight across. Well, you know, so the story goes, 
you stop there at night. That's where they used to hang people. Mm. So you stop there at night, you turn your light off, and supposedly, doom, 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 on the top of your Oh, car, good old urban legend. The, gotcha. You can hear the feet. So I'm wondering, you know, so Mothman, you know, tap, tip, tap, taps on top of the roof of the car. I wonder how many more roof of the car stuff we have throughout the... I don't know. Throughout the road. Maybe you secretly anyway. have a Mothman down there near Wrightsville Beach. <gasps> Do you ever think about that, Pox? Huh? 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 I never thought it could have been Andy Mothman. I mean, his feet can fly like a helicopter. You never know. Anyways. All right. This Barney. So back to our Mothman siding with the two couples. Okay. So. <laughs> what? What? I'm not shitting you. So Taco was humping the front of Queso and Queso just stood up. And sent Taco over, <laughs> ass over, tea kettle. Shut up. Into, I'm not kidding. I just looked over and she just was like, yep. And I just saw Taco's ass just go <laughs> through the air. <laughs> oh, that was one of the best things of your wagon, your tail. Taco's like, I'm a, I'm riding Buck and Broncos. <laughs> she just was like, what? Never thought oh about this. Oh, my God. Never thought about this outcome. I'm sorry. No, that's hilarious. All right. So back to our Mothman sighting, okay? So Roger, the the dude who owns the 57 Chevy, he sped away at the sight of seeing this whatever it was, okay? But the creature seemed to pursue them, staying in flight evenly with the vehicle as it sped towards the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Because remember, I said that Mothman likes to chase cars. He could go 100 miles an hour. Yeah, he can go 100 miles an hour. Um, So soon... The car made its way just outside of town where Roger decided to park it. And the four people tried to make sense of what they had just seen. Okay. And the four of them then talked about what they had witnessed and eventually decided that what they saw was nothing more than a really big bird or something. Okay. In an attempt to face their fears, they again drove towards the TNT area. However, it was not long before they saw this creature again. This time... Waiting on them beside Route 60, Route 62, just outside of Point Pleasant. And then I put insert hitchhiker joke here. <laughs> yeah. Like. Oh, what a fucking nightmare. I mean, maybe he was just having like some wing issues and he's like, yo, guys, uh, can I can I just get a ride back home? Because I like kind of didn't mean to chase you. But, you know, I kind of, yeah. like, stubbed my wing, and it's a little sore. Can I just get a ride? Like, maybe he was nice. You don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> you're just thinking, but could you imagine that, though? You're just like, okay, okay, okay. It was just a big bird. It's just, and just bird. you know, like, just, and then you turn around, it's like, hello. <laughs> he's just, like, standing there on the side of the road, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Remember me? Uh, yeah, I, I chased uh, you. Can I, can I get a ride back, still though? Still your nightmares. <laughs> Get ready to feel intense evil <laughs> looking in my eyes. Look into my chest. You'll feel evil. Look into my chest holes. I don't know. <laughs> that just sounds weird. So when they saw it this time, the creature lifted vertically into the air with tremendous speed and disappeared above the tree line as soon as the car's headlights landed on it. The two couples then realized this ain't no damn bird that we're seeing. So. No. It's not hurt. No, no, it's not. It's not hurt bird either. I still think he might just want to be friends and like get a ride back, but whatever. All right. 
So at the second sighting that the two couples had of the winged creature, they then decide to head straight into town and went directly to the Mason County Courthouse. Once they were there, they told their story to Sheriff George Johnson and Deputy Miller Halston. Two hours late, which can we just say for a second, like, who would actually, like, go to, like, the police department and be like, yo, like, you can't, they weren't stoned or drunk or something because, I mean, God would think, you would think they would have, like, way better sense than to go straight to the police and be like, yo, we're a little stoned, but no. we just saw this big, giant bird-like creature. No, like. And in, in a small town, yeah. too, they're going to be like, did you hear about Nancy's son? Yeah, because I will say what this. What he said he saw. Yeah. I will say this, like, the TNT area apparently was known for being, like, kind of, kind of like a little lover spot, I guess you would say. Back in the uh, 60s, mm. kind of like you've mm. heard people talk about like lovers leaps or like, I don't know, whatever. They, where'd they go necking? Yeah, where they go necking. So not to be confused with getting naked, but yeah, but that's the TNT area is one of those spots. Anyways, they hauled their asses back to town. They went and stopped at the courthouse and they said, yo, Sheriff Johnson and Deputy Miller, get your asses up there. There's something going on. Okay. <laughs> so two hours later, the city police began investigating the TNT area, looking for this supposed massive creature that was stalking people. Cause they, at this point it's stalking the strange encounter in the TNT area was a harrowing experience for everyone involved. And on the morning of November 16th, 1966, Lisa Scarberry, one of the women from the couples was rushed to the hospital by her father after experiencing a nervous breakdown. Related to Jesus. the phenomenon, Roger Scareberry, Scarberry stated, I'm a hard guy to scare, but last night I was for getting out of there. End quote. So. I'm, I'm with him on that one. Huh? I mean, like, legitimately. I mean, I mean, if I see something like that, that it's going to be a rough couple of days. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, too. Like, I, I'm a pretty big thing. I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to shit, right? Oh, yeah. So, but if I had something like that happen, I'd be like, maybe, maybe there is some shit out there. Like, that's unexplainable. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, so this first sighting by Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette would be the catalyst for many other sightings, not only in this sleepy little West Virginia town, but around the country and even around the world. The next day, November 16th, a press press conference was held and the local press began printing on the story, causing other people to start to come forward with previous sightings and with future sightings, you know, if they would see him in the future. Because people felt like, Mm -hmm. oh, this, you know, these two like pretty straight laced down to earth couples can, you know, can be taken seriously. Maybe somebody will take me seriously. Yeah. In the November 16th, 1966 issue of the Point Pleasant Register, the strange encounter would be brought to the public eye with the following headline, which you're going to find pretty funny, I think. <laughs> headline reads, couple sees man-sized bird, dot, 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 creature, dot, 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 something. <laughs> that was the headline. That's wonderful. That's the best headline something. ever. Something. Dot, 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 something. something. Yeah. So this creature would be seen throughout the next 13 months in Point Pleasant. There were an Mm. estimated over 100 sightings during this time. However, these are not all like 
an individual can't be identified as making the report in a lot of these. And the actual number of reporting sightings may be quite lower. Um, Mothman witnesses were also harassed, apparently, by men in black who wanted them not to speak about the creature that they saw. Yeah. So, okay, we did get a little spacey (sighs) still. Sorry. But we should, we should, yeah, one day we just need to do something about the men. The men in black like to make a lot of appearances, like, in more remote areas, it seems. I wanted to say Appalachia because there's a lot of, like, weird Appalachian stories that are tied to, like, men in black showing up after the fact. I don't know if you knew that, but it is, like. I know of one that's close by that there's a, there's, there's a blurred out area that's not too far away from here. (laughs) <laughs> There's one to the north of here that I could think. Yeah, I did talk about Sugar Grove, but that's also mm. a naval base. Anyways, so the Men in Black. This one, <sighs> this one involved a glowing river. What? It was glowing green. What? Yeah, this this river was glowing green one night. Oh, okay. You're gonna have to fill me in Not, on that. At I some wasn't point. there. I wasn't. I know, but you still got to tell telling... me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, so the Men in Black like to harass people that said they saw Mothman. Makes sense. If you know even a little bit about the Mothman sightings around Point Pleasant, West Virginia, you'll know that these sightings suddenly stopped with the collapse of the Silver Bridge in 1967. Okay. So this, this, this was like, I'm just going to say this was the, the minefield because every article talks about this bridge. Oh, you mean minefield in that, like it was your minefield of you couldn't get around and not, it was my minefield. Yeah. Like it was like every time I got, I couldn't, I I couldn't even mention the bridge. So I figured I was like, it's going to come up. So I didn't even mention it. Yes. So (laughs) spoiler alert for everybody. Yes. There is a tragedy that took place during all of this. Sorry. And I'm not going to go really deep into the silver bridge collapse because I can't do it. I can't give a big, huge, broad scope of it and do the victims of it justice. I'm just going to do a short one with like really factual stuff. So the Silver Bridge was an I-bar chain suspension bridge built in 1928, and it was named for the color of its aluminum paint. As it was like, if you look at pictures of it um, from back in the day, I think I've only ever seen black and white photos of it, but it's like, I mean, you can tell it's a very vibrant looking bridge. The bridge carried U.S. Route 35 over the Ohio River, and this would connect Point Pleasant, West Virginia, with Gallipolis, Ohio. I hope I pronounced that right, because it's spelled G-A-L-L-I-P-O-L-I-S, and I've heard it pronounced Gallipolis, Gallipolis. I think it's Gallipolis, but I don't know. Please let me know if you're from Ohio, if I got it wrong. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) on December 15th, 1967... The Silver Bridge, so right before Christmas, at that, by the way, um, it was, I think, a lot of traffic on the bridge, especially during this time, um, because it was so close to Christmas, everybody's like, you know, buying all the Christmas presents, all that good stuff. Um, Anyways, on December 15th, 1967, the Silver Bridge collapsed under the weight of rush hour traffic, resulting in the deaths of 46 people um, with two of the victims never being found, unfortunately. Um, An investigation of the wreckage pointed to the cause of the collapse being the failure of a single eye bar in a suspension chain due to a small defect that was 0.1 inches or 
2.5 millimeters deep. So the tiniest, tiniest defect made the whole bridge go under that rush hour traffic. Analysis showed that the bridge was carrying much heavier loads than it had originally been designed for and had been poorly maintained through the years. So it was not even designed to hold, like, to withstand the traffic that it did on a daily basis, let alone this rush hour traffic right before Christmas. The collapsed bridge was replaced by the Silver Memorial Bridge, which was, uh, that bridge was completed in 1969. However, the collapse focused much needed attention on the condition of older bridges in not only in West Virginia, but in the U.S. and led to intensified inspections, protocols, and numerous uh, eventual replacements of defective and old bridges. There were only two bridges built to a similar design to the Silver Bridge. One was upstream at St. Mary's, West Virginia, and there was a like much longer one called the Hercilio Luz Bridge at Florianopolis, Brazil. The St. Mary's Bridge was immediately closed once when the Silver Bridge collapsed. The St. Mary's Bridge was immediately closed to traffic and the bridge was demolished by the state in 1971. Small truss bridge was kept to allow access to an island in the river. Um, And the High Carpenter Memorial Bridge was later built to replace the bridge that was demolished. Uh, Modern non-destructive testing methods allow some of the older bridges to remain in service where where it's like a very low-traveled road. Um, But if Mm -hmm. it's a high-travel road, the bridges were brought down and new ones were built. The collapse of the Silver Bridge, though, inspired legislation to ensure that older bridges were regularly regularly inspected and maintained. The bridge has been designated, so the Silver Bridge that fell, that collapsed, um, was actually designated as a National Historic Civil Engineering Landmark by the American Society of Civil Engineers, as its collapse ultimately led to the creation of the first National Bridge Inspection Program in the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1968. So some good did come. Well, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you got to think like we it took that yeah. to make us go, maybe we should look at Maybe we these. should look at bridges and, you know, just kind of like check on them and make sure they're not falling apart. Back to our homeboy Mothman, shall we? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just I, I, I did, I just, I just had a flash of something else I've read about this fucking place. No, go ahead. What is it? No, no. I know it's. In- oh, okay. Okay. Well, you'll have to remember. All right. So more Mothman oh. sightings around the world. Many similar cryptids and creatures have been seen not only in the U.S., but also all around the world, right? The sightings are similar to Mothman in many ways, including the fact that most of them seem to be like they seem to like bring on impending disasters so to say um Mm. some of the places mothman or creatures like it have visited include a mine in freiburg germany uh, where a mothman like creature scared miners away shortly before a collapse another notable visit was and yeah they say notable like duh this is a big deal was to the nuclear power plant at chernobyl where a creature haunted the facilities for a while before the the big old nuclear meltdown at chernobyl jesus this last one that it lists which kind of pisses me off but uh, whatever we'll say it anyways i guess there are also two mothman pictures taken in new york on 9-11 and multiple sightings before the minnesota bridge collapse nah, i don't know about yeah the that 9-11 one kind of just really pisses me off i don't know if it's because <laughs> it's a major like history thing that i was witness to and hu- i mean i was literally <laughs> a senior in high school and watched that shit go down but anyways 
I get a little. I get a little. Mothman was holding Ilian Gonzalez in the closet. Oh whenever no, that was Bat Boy. <laughs> that would have been Bat Boy. Get it right. Yeah, multiple sightings before a Minnesota bridge collapse. More recently, however, you may have heard Mothman was apparently seen starting in 2011, and it peaked in 2017 all over Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. What? Illinois. No, I didn't know. No. What? You missed that? Yeah. Mm. Homie was like apparently oh, God. flying all over Chicago. Luckily for Sh- Chicago, <sighs> though, no major disaster occurred during or after his sightings. Um, <laughs> but more recently, in August of 2020, Mothman was actually spotted around Fayetteville, West Virginia, near the Endless Wall Trail. Do you know what's in Fayetteville, West Virginia? Pox? Oh, I don't know. What's that one river that runs through North Carolina that I've talked to you about before? Not the old river. The... The new river? Yes. Oh, the new river gorge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, guess what's in the new river gorge? The new river gorge bridge. The giant bridge. Yes. <laughs> like, Jesus what Christ. used to be the largest single span or single arch bridge oh. in the world, now it's like second largest, only to like one in China. Anyways, uh, so good old Mothman was seen in about August of 2020. So during base the, jumping during the crazy, well, no, he was on a trail, not on the bridge, <laughs> um, but he, uh, that was during all the crazy COVID times. And in October of every year, guess what they hold at the new river gorge bridge. They have bridge day. Yeah. So two months before bridge day, which dear listener, if you don't know what it is, it's when they close down the new river gorge bridge, people come and base jump off the bridge it's the only time of the year you can actually do it legally. And they have vendors set up. And I mean, it's we're talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon yeah. thousands of people come for Bridge Day. It's insane. So Mothman gets sighted right near the New River Gorge Bridge in the middle of COVID, two months before Bridge Day. I, one, was like, I'm not going to go to Bridge Day now if people are seeing Mothman. Mm-mm. And I'm not even joking. I was Mm-mm. like, nope, nope, not happening. However, they ended up having to cancel Bridge Day that year because COVID. So... We were all safe from Mothman. Anyways, some believe, some people believe that Mothman is not really like a malevolent creature. Um, and he actually is just trying right. to warn people about disasters that are about to happen. However, since there only seems to be one Mothman instead of a bunch of his kind, and since he seems almost paranormal, guess what? Cryptozoologists don't like give a shit about Mothman. Why? Because they say that he seems more paranormal and there's only like one of them there's not a possible like a possibility of like more than one mothman yeah so they're they're like no we don't care about mothman we want to discover like new kinds of creatures where there's possibly multiple ones and i'm like bitches you really really you really think one mothman's flying from west virginia to germany i mean hell you never know homie could be (sighs) our our boy mothy he's he's busy there's multiple mothman he's busy he's a busy boy can't help it there's multiple mothman yeah so all right, so he's not Santa. I mean, he listen. He could be. He maybe he was <laughs> maybe maybe just maybe in the New River Gorge area. That's like his nesting site, and he just hangs out there until he's needed to mm-hmm. go. Like say, hey, careful, big disaster's about to hit, and he's like really trying to warn everybody. Is why he shows up. I mean, oh. maybe he's got a heart of gold, and like these his big red eyes are actually like heart shaped and not glowing like fire. <laughs> And he's like, no, these are love eyes. And I'm here to show you love by warning you. I don't know. I sound like I'm drunk or high right now. Anyways. (laughs) So 
what could Mothman be? Hmm. Right. So, Mothman sightings have been associated with at least two other cryptids, possibly. One being gigantic thunderbirds, which are, if you look up a picture of a thunderbird, um, it's this big, giant, seven-foot-tall bird. I believe it originated in Native American mythology, possibly. Yeah, Does that make I think sense? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. But apparently a Thunderbird has a gray body <laughs> with a red head, and they were sighted in the same area at the same time by a few witnesses. And then the Owl Man, which is an identical, like almost identical creature with wings and red eyes that has been spotted in Cornwall, England, Back in 1976. So. See, I'm telling you. I mean, you never know. All right. So Sheriff Johnson of the Mason County, West Virginia Sheriff's Department. Remember the one that the two couples reported this all to? Mm-hmm. He believes that Mothman have been, may have been a large heron. So a large bird, which is a heron. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a wildlife bi- biologist with West Virginia University, Dr. Robert L. Smith, thought that Mothman was possibly a sandhill crane. If you look at a picture of a sandhill crane, they are fucking terrifying looking. Like, as a big-ass bird that is terrifying as fuck. And you could definitely see where maybe, like, that could be confused. Not only with the Mothman, but definitely with, like, a Thunderbird. It's like, they're... Sandhill cranes are creepy looking. <laughs> so. I, I, need to, I need to interrupt for one second yeah. because on my way home from work the other day, I drive by a river every uh-huh. day. Um, this big wide river. Usually, see a couple of people fly fishing out mm-hmm. there and that kind of thing. And I see a heron, a Kate, pretty much just about every yeah. day. You'll see a yeah. heron either flying over it or in in it, whatever. And so I was on my way home, and out of the corner of my eye, I was like, "Oh, there's a heron." Wait, hold on. I looked down and was like, "What is that small bear cub doing down there?" Oh no, that's a bald fucking eagle. It it, it was either. It, it had either enveloped something or it was like ripping something apart. Mm-hmm. But I saw it's it's you know you know the, the big ass head, yeah. big ass beak, just reach out. And I pulled over and I got out and I was like I threw on my hazards and was like I'm getting a picture mm-hmm. of this thing. And it's um, crazy how massive they are in person. Yeah. Like it's insane. I've seen three mm-hmm. on this river. That 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 was the first one I've seen on the ground. I've seen the other two: one in a tree, one flying, and now this one on the ground. And um, it, it, I mean, I've seen one before. I've had one fly directly over me in a canoe once before, and that was just like, what in the hell just happened? Yeah. It was actually chasing a heron. Nice. <laughs> and. Um, but yeah, but yeah, sorry. It, it just happened on Friday, on Thursday. I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? And I got out and it flew behind a tree and then disappeared forever. I mean, I, I had full view of the valley below me and I have no clue where that thing went. And it's the size of a small bus. Nice. <laughs> like they oh, are anyway. so, no, I totally get it because I think it was last summer we were, I was kayaking down the river with, um, a group and there was one that literally like flew directly overhead of us like pretty low and it kept like landing in a tree and when we would catch up with it in the kayak it would take off again and it was just i mean it was massive and it's insane like you don't realize like yeah these birds of prey are fucking huge dude <laughs> yeah. yeah this i mean when i saw this thing i was just like 
what is going on down there? Yeah. Because at first, I just immediately just brain went to Heron, yeah. large oh, bird, yeah. you know, whatever, Heron. And then it was just like, wait, why is it black? Yeah. You know, like, or, you know, dark brown, yeah. but it was like, just like black. I was like, what the fuck is going yeah. on over there? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, all right. So, um, Sandhill Crane and then also owls, of course, have been listed as a possible explanation for the Mothman sightings because of the way their eyes shine when light is reflected against them because they will yeah. turn a reddish color or they will reflect a reddish yeah. color. And their silhouette resembles the headless Mothman. Like, again, it's the yeah. hunchback thing. Yeah. So, um, also, two legends from Shawnee lore mention creatures closely resembling Mothman. And they are called the Masignawa, I think is how it is, and Wapi. So it's two different ones, Masignawa and Wapi. In the legend of Masignawa, the description of Mothman is pretty similar. Uh, of, of Like their version of Mothman, I guess you would say, is pretty similar to Bigfoot by ceremonial dress used during the bread dance. So they tell the story of this creature, Masignawa, maybe possibly Mothman, um, using like a Bigfoot ceremonial dress. And then the Wapi legend is also similar in that it's part of Shawnee lore and that a family of Native Americans chose to become white hawks living in the forest near Point Pleasant, which I love that story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's awesome. yeah. I like that better. Yeah, that's cool as shit. Some believe the Mothman may be an angel, a demon, or a product of a blood curse placed upon the town by the one and only Chief Cornstalk, who, as you said, was captured and murdered along with his son in the area. Um, Similarly, the curse theory is one very attached to, guess what else? The Silver Bridge Collapse. So, Uh, yeah. yeah. And isn't there also a very famous two plane crashes? Two plane crash? Oh, are you talking about 9-11? What? No. What? Two. I read crashes? some article. Didn't like the fucking place where the the, the We Are Marshall crash. Oh, happened there. that's well. Okay, so real quick about that. The crash, the the Marshall football team crash, actually took place in Kentucky, and it was kind of. So that is closer to Ohio. Point plus, obviously, it's across the river, but Kentucky mm-hmm. does kind of because there's <clears throat> Huntington's considered the tri state area because it literally sits on the border, pretty much at between it's West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky. Um, they were actually towards the northern part of Kentucky when it crashed, if I remember correct, correctly. Okay. So m- not too far off, but still not not quite. But yeah. This this article tried to claim it was that one, and like they 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 were mm-hmm. like, if I hadn't lost my ninety five tabs, um, <laughs> your eight billion tabs that were open. This one article had like five or six things. I wonder what other plane like crashes bridge, they were talking about then. Bridge collapse, mm-hmm. two bridge, two, two plane crashes, one being the Marshall one. There were like several mine collapses. I was about to say, I, I would imagine. bet money that I'm, I'm probably one of the mine, one of the many mine disasters that's happened. Oh, wait, mm. it, it it's can uh, part of Cornstalk's curse is I think attributed to the Monongah 
mine disaster, which was in like 190 something, 1902, possibly, and killed like almost 300 people. Uh, like almost, or no, yeah, almost 300 miners. And it was like the worst mining disaster in U.S. history. Oh, I know. <laughs> what? What about the fucking monument in that town? Are you talking about the statue? No, the the obelisk to the... Okay, so that, that is, <laughs> that is actually Tuundi Way State Park, which is right in town on the banks of the Ohio mm-hmm. River. And that <laughs> monument is, I think it's dedicated to, it's very, um, how do I put this politely? It is very sympathetic to the white man's plight back during well, it's, the settlement it's, it's, of Point Pleasant. I believe it's to I believe it's it's dedicated to the 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 people who died mm-hmm. in the Point Pleasant, the Battle of Point mm-hmm. Pleasant and Dunmore's War or yeah. whatever. And it's from what I read, <laughs> it's eighty six feet it tall. Is. I've seen it. It's fucking huge. <laughs> It's, it's it's just like a it's just like a big dark uh you know Washington monument eighty six feet tall or whatever, but when they were installing uh-huh. it at the ceremony, uh-huh. the crane that was putting it in got struck by lightning. Shut the fuck up! I did not know that. That's hilarious. Sorry. <laughs> so it it delayed the that it, so they were at there was like a ceremony going on uh-huh. as they were placing this obelisk down. And it, the lightning strikes the crane, and it was either like two weeks or two months had to go by so they could repair the crane. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, white people. And then, since then, it's been struck by lightning again. Oh my god, it's fucking huge, dude! I'm telling yeah. you, I have. I'll send you the picture I, I took of it when we were yeah, there. Yeah, lightning struck the upper. Lightning struck the upper part of a crane that mm-hmm. was supposed to put the monument into yeah. place. Machine machine was badly damaged and it took nearly a month to repair yeah, it. The monument was finally dedicated and stood for years yeah. until July fourth, nineteen twenty one. And on that day, another bolt of lightning struck. That's hilarious. It. And they had to re- they had to actually replace part of it because it actually blew yeah. up part of it. On well, and July fourth. <laughs> if you'll read up too on that Tuundi Way State Park, mm-hmm. guess who's actually buried there too? Apparently. Oh God. I, I, I you've I already know. talked about him. I, yes, the Mothman. No, Cornstalk oh. and his son are apparently buried there also. Oh, yeah, or they they were buried there initially, and then I think they were like given back to the Shawnee Indians or Native Americans of that area. So, yeah, it's that to put it nicely. Point Pleasant and that area is cursed as fuck in any in every way that it can be. And it's not even like Cornstalk's curse, quote unquote. It's just it's a that was a bloodbath area historically. In 1944, 150 people were killed when a tornado ripped through the Oh, town. that was the Tri-State tornado. Yeah, that was fucking insane too. Yeah, Jesus. I'm telling you, that Point Pleasant is a fucking bloodbath. I hate to say that, but like they they are historic bloodbath. They have had numerous tragedies and just like unfortunate things that have happened either like right there in Point Pleasant or directly surrounding it. A Piedmont Airlines plane crashed in 1968 uh, near the Kanawha. Kanawha. I'm going to kick your airport. ass. Kanawha. Uh, 
Um, they they spelled it well. They're wrong in this thing. And then in 1970, mm-hmm. a Southern Airways DC-10 crashed into a mountain near Huntington. I mean, like this thing just goes on and on and on of all the curses of this town. Yeah. Well, and Huntington's like, God, wow. it's like an hour and a half south of Point Pleasant or an hour, something like yeah. that. So, or no, Huntington's an hour and a half south of it. Sorry, got my words mixed up. Anyways, no, that whole like, listen, when I, when people say that like West Virginia is like a bloody state and like a historically, I mean, not only just Point Pleasant, but like this state as a whole, we are like, a state that is like full of strife and struggle and like you name it that's us <laughs> like, <laughs> we've had to fight to the yeah. nail like our whole existence in like some way or the other like whether it's natural disaster or and this is not to get on a pedestal it's just we are historically like less not less fortunate i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's just we have had to fight tooth and nail as like a state and the people of the state like since our inception so anyways anyways all right so now the legacy of mothman for you okay wow so in 2002 point pleasant west virginia held its first annual mothman festival nice the mothman festival began after brainstorming creative ways for people to visit point pleasant um the group that was organizing the event chose the mothman to be the center of the festival due excuse me, due to its uniqueness and as a way to celebrate its local legacy in the town. So when I say that Point Pleasant took this whole story of Mothman and ran with it, boy, did they fucking run with it. Like, holy shit. According to event organizer Jeff Walmsley, the average attendance for the Mothman Festival is an estimated 10 to 12,000 people each year. Yeah. Um, it's held on the third weekend of every September in downtown and is located next Ooh. to the Mothman Museum and the Mothman statue. The festival, oh, we'll get there. The festival features a wide variety of vendors, guest speakers, live music, food, and events for all ages. I'm telling you right now, we need to set up a booth one year, our podcast, <laughs> and just hawk our wares. For in the Pines podcast at the Mothman Festival. I just want to talk to Mothman people. It's interesting. (laughs) People from all over the world come to experience the unique atmosphere and learn more about the Mothman. There's a statue, you ask? Why, yes, there is, and it is glorious. Okay. How many times has it been struck by light? I don't know. (laughs) None, because it's wonderful. So the statue is a 12-foot-tall metallic statue of the infamous Mothman. Um, it is. It was created by artist and sculptor Bob Roach and was unveiled in 2003. And let me say, the photos of the statue do not do it justice. That thing has an ass that would make the most fit person in the world green with envy. Like if it was an actual person, you could bounce a quarter off that Mothman ass. It's like, I just want to know, like, why does he even have like an ass like that? Like, why does Mothman have an ass like that? And the world will never know. Like Mothman is all cheeked up. Like it ain't, it's ridiculous. He's got to balance his wings. I mean, I guess, I don't know. So, He's all cheeked up on a Sunday night. So, anyways. 
Thick with two C's. He is. He's thick. Thick boy. Um, <laughs> so there's also like the Mothman, Mu- Mothman Museum and Research Center. Um, and that actually opened in 2005. It's quite the interesting little place. There's a front part to it where there's like the gift shop and you can buy stuff. And then there's like a separate back part of it. Which makes me feel like dirty because you have to pay to like go back there and it's actually like museum quote unquote items in it. But it just makes yeah. me feel like I'm like at like like an adult store and I'm paying to go like watch the dirty movies or something. And I'm just like, I don't know if I want to pay to go back there. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so it opened in 2005. Mothman has also been featured in the game Fallout 76 in which he appears more like a moth than a man. Um, and I may oh. have, we may have bought an Xbox with the Fallout 76 package just so I could have the, the Mothman on there. <laughs> <laughs> Mothman has his very own Funko Pop, just so you know. Oh, yes, really? It's, I didn't know it's that. the Fallout 76 version, but yes, Mothman has his own Funko Pop. <laughs> That's more than either one of us can say about us. Absolutely. Um, yes, yeah. So Mothman was also featured in the book. The Mothman Prophecies by John A. Keel, which was then made into a movie in 2002 with the same name, starring the one and only Richard Gere. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if you haven't watched it, I would suggest you do so um, because it's so incredibly dumb and <laughs> you'll love watching it for the fact that it's so fucking dumb anyways like it's one of those ones that i'm sure you and your wife could probably sit down and be like this is so stupid we gotta keep watching just to see what the fuck happens <laughs> so does mothman make an appearance no that's the best part of it well i mean kind of i can't say it because then i'll give it away i mean i'm not gonna watch oh, it come on <laughs> if we do a patreon that's gonna be another one we watch it's the Mothman Sure, sure. If I get paid, I will watch okay. more Mothman Prophecies. We got to get that Patreon going so we could do that then. <laughs> All right. Which, what was the other one we said we could watch for that? I can't remember. Oh, Wrong Turn. That's right. Because I was I was like, yeah, I'll just be pissed off the whole time. All right. So, <laughs> you need to watch the Mothman Proce- Prophecies. You, dear listener, should watch the Mothman Prophecies also. He also appears in many movies and documentaries, including The Mothman of Point Pleasant, um, which you can stream that on Amazon Prime, by the way, Um, and TV shows like Mountain Monsters, which I think is on Animal Planet. (laughs) Oh, I never heard of that one before. The show Mountain Monsters? No. Yes, yes. I had never heard of that before. I feel like, no, maybe it's not. No, Animal Planet has the Bigfoot show. Mountain Monsters might be on the Destination America channel or something. I can't remember. Anyways. Okay. Okay. Um, the Mothman is also featured in, I guess this is a, a graphic novel or comic, I'm not sure, called The Adventure Stone Amnesty. And Pier- Mothman appears as an alien psychic and trailer park resident named Indrid Cole. Cold. So if you watch the Mothman prophecies, remember that name okay that's that's yeah your little tidbit um but guess what that is my telling of the one the only our lord and savior (laughs) mothman all praise him all all be it yeah um wonderful 
insanity. I love it. We love Mothman here. I don't care. if I've seen people be like, oh, if your identity's Mothman and Pepper and Rolls, geez, are you any kind of West Virginia? Yes, motherfucker, I am any kind of West Virginia. Give <laughs> me the fuck alone. My identity is also researching the mine wars, which, by the way, um, in night was Labor Day weekend is the 101st anniversary of the West Virginia mine wars. So, yeah. Uh, but. Lord. <sighs> is your brain fried yet? That state. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was, like I said, it was, it was, there were so many things that were associated with, with so many different things. Yeah. And Mothman is like just part of it. Yeah. Like it, it's just such a, such a weird thing. I, 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 I'm just saying weird because I don't know what else to say. It um, is. It's, yeah. Well, Mothman is just one of those things that's like, we get super fucking hyped for him here in West Virginia because you know what? We don't get much. People shit on us. And like, <laughs> if we want to get hyped about some kind of like mythical creature, crypto, cryptid, whatever, like fucking let us. Like, just let us have Mothman yeah. and be happy over him. You know? Everybody else got Bigfoot or whatever the fuck, you know, so let us have this like one different unique thing. Yeah, it's not like like Scotland over in Loch Ness. They're like, hey, let's let's lay off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, said, nobody says, yo, Scotland, chill with the like, Loch Ness monster shit. No, they don't. They're like, OK, we'll just let this keep going. So same. Right. Right. But. Yeah. God. <sighs> Occasionally, I'll just think about how deep. Uh, Lake Tahoe is, and it scares the shit out oh, of me. Oh, I don't even want to go there. Um, well, I told you I got down the Lake Mead rabbit hole, too, by the way, the other day on yeah, YouTube. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, my God. This, with, with a city popping up. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, but Lake Tahoe is another one that scares the shit out of me, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that fucker's so damn deep. What the fuck's down there? It's just... And that's the thing, is like, I mean, like... Ever since, like, the body started popping, like, okay, w- when the body popped up inside of a barrel, like, Breaking oh, Bad Lake style Mead, yeah. in Make Lake Mead, it was like, okay, so how many dead people are really truly in at the bottom of <laughs> Lake, Lake Tahoe? Tahoe? Exactly. <laughs> I heard somebody bring that. I was, like, listening to something today or watching something. I think it might have been a TikTok. They were like, you know, if, like, bodies are just popping up at Lake Mead, like, Who's to say there's not a shit ton of bodies down at the bottom of Tahoe? It's very possible. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't get my brain thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but who, who the hell is going to go down 2,000 feet to go look? Yeah, no. exactly. It's like, well, I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a long drought exactly. for 2,000 feet comes up. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh man, I, yeah, I, I I agree with you. If if your state, I, mean, I I don't fault I don't fault West Virginia for embracing Mothman at all. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just a it's a thing. Yeah, I mean it just you know it's it's a marketing tool. It is. No, <laughs> I mean works. Point Pleasant. Like when they created the Mothman Festival, they were like, let's let's find something that's really gonna draw people in, and there we go. I mean, there's how many places that have like a Bigfoot festival? There's plenty of places that do. Right. So it's like a Mothman festival. Never heard of a Mothman. What the fuck's a Mothman? You know, it brings somebody in there like, oh, cool. This is neat. So and who's to say he ain't real. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. I mean, and and if if not, then what is it? Well, here's the thing. So do I think personally Mothman is real? Spoiler. No, I do not. 
Do I love right. the thought process of my Mothman? Fuck yeah, it's cool. It's different. It's yeah. you know, it's a different yeah. kind of quote unquote cryptid. What I think it is, and I think especially with the sighting in Fayetteville that I was telling you about, I think it is mm-hmm. like probably in if because again, if you look at pictures of the Sandhill Crane, that fucker is terrifying looking. I think that's probably the case of what it was there was a Sandhill Crane or some other larger bird like that. Um, yeah, that was spotted in in Fayetteville. I think it was an owl because I think it was an owl there because I think it was weeks, a couple weeks later or before either one of the two, they were having an issue with an owl that had nested in a tree along the in, uh, the endless wall trail, and so it was fucking mm-hmm. dive bombing people during the day and shit. Ah. Yeah, so I think the quote unquote Mothman sighting. And Fayetteville was actually that owl that had nested along Endless Wall Trail. And it was just, it was nighttime and stuff. And so it was like, fuck y'all, get away from my place. Yeah. But that's something, that's something that like, I mean, I hiked the entire Appalachian Trail and didn't even think about it. And I don't think I even learned this until like maybe 15 years mm-hmm. ago that different animals, I mean, it just makes sense that their eyes reflect different mm-hmm. colors. And I saw this list one time of all the different like animals and what their eye colors look like. And it's just like, oh, I never thought of this. Yeah. It's just been like dogs. Yeah. Like it's, uh, my whole entire life has just been yeah. like, I can see my dog's eyes reflecting or like, you know, an animal yeah. in the street in a street, something like that. But yeah, there were a few other, like it got down to like mountain lion and bear. Oh. <laughs> and it was like, Oh, <laughs> no, that would be interesting. Oh. To look up a bear since we have one roaming around here. So, <laughs> but, Cool. Um, nice. Well, cool. Yay. Well, um, where can people find you? Uh, so the good people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey That Nikki. Um, where can they find you, sir? You can find me at Pox Holiday on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and all those good places. And you can find our podcast at In the Pines Pod on Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, all those fun places. Yeah. You have a podcast that you used to do as well. Yes. Or, sorry, that's bad. <laughs> no, I mean, it is because we're not, we haven't been making any more episodes and I don't, we don't plan on any time soon, I don't think. Uh, yeah, previous podcast was the Appalachian Crime Trail. You can find it on your favorite podcasting platform. Um, we still do have our social media through uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, although. I don't like ever post anything. I might occasionally post something on the <laughs> Facebook, but that's it. So, and what was, what's your other podcast? Well, let's see. I have another podcast called the Pox and Puss podcast. And do, this do, do. upcoming month will be the 10 years since we recorded our episode. And then in October, it will be 10 years since we released it. And we're talking about trying to figure out something to do for that. 10 year anniversary yes, show. Yes, yes. And um, let's see. And then I also do these things that aren't very popular. Um, Whatever. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, they're not yeah, at all. Well. But um, so on Spotify Premium, they have this service or they have this thing called Talk Plus Music. And you can play full length songs um, as long as you talk about them substantially in between. Keyword songs. substantially. Um, <laughs> substantially. I learned uh, that I did not believe it or not. I did not talk substantially enough in between um, a recent show and it was denied. Um, 
And uh, but I, then I released another one today. But anyway, the whole point of it is it's called Pox Walks. It's music that's designed to help you get through the day. It's upbeat music, no longer than four minutes and 45 seconds per song, usually shorter than that. I talk about a couple, talk about a song or two, play a couple of songs, talk about a couple of songs, play a couple of songs. On Sunday, I released my first one, uh, Sundays with Pox, which are longer songs, slower songs designed just to kind of help you get through your Sunday. So, yeah, so that's out there. But yeah, those are only available through Spotify and Spotify Premium if you want to hear the full songs. So very niche. Yeah. I like it, though. Like I told you that one day I like messaged you as I was because I was listening to it at work and I was like, all right, this shit rocks. Like I like it a lot because it's a nice different mix of everything. So it's really weird. It and the last one was good. The, the last one was going to be even weirder. Mm-hmm. And um I didn't talk enough. Listen, can you, can your co-host here like put in a request for some songs every now and then? Okay, sure, then I'm sure, going to send sure, you a request list at some point. So, okay. there Please we go. Do. <laughs> Thank you for the story. Well, thanks. I was, I've been thank- so excited to do it. And I mean, <laughs> I probably did not do Mothman the justice that he truly deserves. But by freaking God, I had fun doing it. So, there we go. And you froze up again. There you are. There you I are. Know. Yeah, hi. So. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad that I got to hear the story. And and I probably interrupted way too many times. And no, you did the, not. You didn't. That'll be the that'll be the complaint against my <coughs> too many tangents. Listen, here's the thing. <laughs> Which, I'm going to now send you not only I'm going to send you and the wife pepperoni rolls because you have to fucking <laughs> have pepperoni rolls, dear God. But. I'm also going to find some kind of Mothman trinket to send you both to. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. The, and, and pepperoni rolls sound oh, good. They're going to be amazing. You're going to fucking love I'm them. I'm so hungry. I haven't, I haven't eaten. I haven't yet. either. And it's I'm what? like, uh, I need food. <laughs> All right. Well, we should get going then. We should go eat. And I actually have calzones in the freezer. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> pepperoni calzone uh, at that all right how do we end this podcast what do we do uh some people go in the woods to make memories and some people go into the woods to be forgotten i don't know why i can't stop oh. laughing now <laughs> 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 i'll leave it like it is fucking fierce <laughs> bye, bye y'all <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, let me. It's not that. <laughs>